Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mic check. One, two. All right, cool. Sound good to me. Ask me, Tim, which hip-hop artist has never disappointed you with his art? And I would definitely say my next guest. His new album is called Monday. He's Joel Artiz, and I welcome him back to the library of Tim Anico. What's up, Tim? How you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want to start with the first track of the album, Captain. Okay. Second track. Yeah. Um, second. First. First. Where you spit, uh, coming up, you heard the hunger in me, tough as coming can up, be. Coming up, you heard the hunger in me, tough as can be. You couldn't sound cloudy, nigga, nothing was free. If I ain't get a record deal, and I was stuck in the peas with these, trying to Spotify, had a wonderful stream of income. Um, how has, and, and you kind of talk about this in another track, Screens, but how has the development and access to being online, to being in SoundCloud, how do you think has that changed kind of the definition of one, quote unquote, making it in the game mm-hmm. and two, worth ethic of today's artists? Um, I feel like the access is good. Um, because like I said, in my day, like if you didn't get co-signed by a major label or get a record deal, then no one ever heard you. So you had to make sure you were really, really good. Right. Um, which meant like rewriting songs, having people around you that are like, maybe you should attack it this way. This is what we're going to bring to the game. Just, you know, a whole rollout, so to say. Um, and now, you know, you can pretty much just put a screen in front of your face, say, this is who I am and this is what it is and, you know, release music however you want to release it. And, um, I think it's good because, um, I do think that a lot of, um, great talent didn't quite get that look because it didn't get that cosign. But I also do think that there's no filtration now. So you get a, an influx of music and not all of it is great. Right. And it's noisy now. Now it's noisy. Like, you know, uh, you know, release used to last for a while. Like people cared about an artist release because you got them so far and in between. Right. And now with so much stuff, like I literally just put my album out and everybody's like, what's next? Yeah, I'm just no, like, yeah. yo, absorb <laughs> uh, just a little bit absorb. <laughs> but it is, it is fun to be able to just like, you know, release stuff when I feel like releasing stuff and, have the outlet and direct connect to my fans that I want, I didn't once have. So, you know, it's a double edged sword. Right. Yeah. Uh, on the track, you also spit trying to out- outwrap Nasir and keep up with Jay Z. So what's that, you know, it's always obviously two amazing artists. That right. You right. Try to outwrap, but right. what were those, like, what was that one Nas track and one Jay Z track that you kind of, you know, wish you were on a fly in the wall maybe to listen to or wish you could have written? Well, I don't think it was one Nas track or one Jay-Z track. It was just the body of work and the artist that they were and that they are. Um, you know, listening to, you know, everybody's the Illmatic head. Like, it's automatically rap. 
it's in <laughs> it's embedded in rap people's heads like that's a classic um but i was the the guy that was like it was written is the one to yeah, me yeah, like because oh, awesome. yeah, i nice. felt like the i felt like the maturity in my opinion you know like i felt like the growth had happened on that second album so like songs like the message and shootouts and um i gave you power were just like okay this guy just became a gun <laughs> like this, this is the kind of this is your competent. Not you. They don't know you're incompetent, but this is what you have to compete right, with right, if yeah. you're trying to be a rapper. This guy sat home, sat at home, and said, "I'm gonna become a gun <laughs> and write from the perspective of a freaking pistol." So you know that kind of like forward thinking is what I was really in competition with. And then Jay Z, you know, he just had a, a way with words that was so slick, and you know, so uh, I'm 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 a little bit better than you, but it's okay. You know, I'm Jay Z. <laughs> you know, he had that aura. I was so you know. I, that that mesh you know those two worlds were something i wanted to like conquer like i I have to be as creative as nas and i have to have that on me like jay-z and um i'm in no way shape or form trying to compare myself to those great guys (laughs) i'm just saying as an aspiring artist that was what i felt i had to compete with if i wanted to make a name for myself it's interesting too because i think the thing with nas is that we hear omatic and then everything after for a lot of us was it has to be another nomadic, right? right? And then as an artist, you're like, no, it's about development. Right? Yeah. It's about like, yeah. I mean, it took me a while. It made the lead to be like, oh, yeah, actually, it was written, was, you know, is equally a great it's, album. It yeah. is, right? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, but you're like, no, where's, where's the nomadic? Yeah. Where's half time yeah. from nomadic yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to try to uh, connect lyrics that okay. you've written. Um, okay. Because I like talking about your lyrics. I Thank think you. it's also, also, you, that's what you do. It's important to talk lyrics. I, um, I agree. Um, so I want to go back to hip hop off of Brick City Bodega. Okay. Chronicles. Okay. Um, and then you write, and then kind of talk about Captain. You know, one of my favorite lyrics you've ever done, um, was, I ain't trying to bring New York back. I'm just a breath of fresh air. That New York, uh, rap. It's like, talk to the track. Come on. Who brought that to the game? And I want to pair that up with, uh, kind of the ending of, um, Captain, where you go, Brooklyn, Staten, Queens, Manhattan, the Bronx. I stomped through all of that. What happened? New York. I'm so proud to be your captain. Right. Um, I think it's interesting because on, you know, on, Hip hop, you are acknowledging those before you, right? right? Acknowledging those New York artists before you. Right. And now on Captain, you're like, you're kind of taking that mantle ah, and very being like, this is, I'm your captain now. Um, do you feel that's what you're doing? You're kind of acknowledging that, okay, I'm the New York captain or what happened if, with New York hip hop that you want to kind of take that captain role? I don't know if it's so much taking the captain role more than it is just me recognizing that. Music has changed a lot. Um, you know, there's, you know, what I do, bars. Right. You know, I, I have integrity with my pen. I make sure that I say something with my voice and I make sure that I say it in a complex way to where real lyric enthusiasts like appreciate it. Like, yeah. you know, hip hop heads can rewind and have replay value on a record. Um, and that's, pretty spread out right now i'm not trying to knock anybody but it's it's not in the forefront you know you know what's in the simplicity is really what's being pushed forward now so complex rap the you know what i was talking about on on the brick like you know graffiti all on a train you know that has taken a backseat to the agenda that i think is being pushed right now and that's let's party let's you know let's let's drink and drug and do things of that nature um but i haven't I can't do music that isn't me. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I, I can't, although I could, I could easily, you know, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I could easily dumb it down to make records to please other people. But if I'm not pleased, then it sucks. 
You get what I'm saying? So when I say I'm, I'm so proud to be your captain, it's kind of like the boat's been rocking, you know, and, and it been, it been, been tossing off some of the, you know, the barsmen and the lyricists and things of that nature. And it kind of been steered by just a whole different, I feel like genre. Yeah. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like trap music is a genre. Yeah. Totally like it's a yeah. subdivision of hip hop. Like, but you know, it's getting pushed in the forward. I mean, in the forefront. So, you know, it's very popular. Um, but I, what I stand for will, will never change. Like I'm still the, I'm still the kid that came from trying to be the best in rap ciphers. I'm still the one that, you know, says, you know, comes out of the booth and looks around to see if anybody's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it still excites me to be really clever and witty. And New York has gotten away, in my opinion, from that sound. Um, and I understand, like, I'm not coming at aspiring artists because when I was the aspiring artist, you listen to the radio and that's what guided you in some way to make the sort of music you, you, you thought you needed to make to make the radio. Right. You get right. what I'm saying? So like if you, if you're coming, if you're 15, 16 years old and you turn on New York radio and all you hear is like trap, you're going to associate getting on the radio with making trap music. Right, yeah, like that's my way on. I gotta, I got, that's what people are trying to do. So I got to try to do that. Um, but I don't come from that era. I come from like, you know, like I said, the Nas is the Jay-Z, Wu-Tang, Mob Deep, uh, MOP, uh, you know, uh, it was a different day when I was a, when a, a, an aspiring artist and I don't, sh I can't shake that. I can't shake that. I care about it too much to try to make music that wouldn't please me. And in turn, probably wouldn't please any of my fans because they take the same stance I do. Um, so when I say I'm, you know, the captain, just somebody that, um, refuses to veer away from what he loves. Mm. And, you know, hopefully everybody will appreciate the honesty and, not feel like it's uh an outdated approach to making music but more so just like an uh, you know like uh an appreciation of what it what it came from and that's that speaking of honesty where where did that that honesty come from and I, and I ask that because you I mean, what I've always appreciated about your work is that you're honest with us you you share a lot yeah uh yeah and you you do that you do that on the track learn you yeah. um which is a track to your kids right. uh, kind of apologizing for being on the road being part of the grind missing yeah. out on a lot of stuff you know even say like what's good about having the toys if I'm not there to play with you know right um and i'm assuming this is a conversation that you've already had with them uh yeah, yeah i'm assuming uh and now you're sharing with the public this conversation why 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 take that I mean, you know for us it would be a very private moment and share with everyone else um on to be honest again <laughs> i didn't I didn't necessarily share that with them oh, before wow. that song. I made some changes and some adjustments that would, you know, lead them to see, oh, dad's a different dude now. You know, he's not so in and out or, you know, his head is here. Wow. We had dinner. Like we yeah. really had dinner. He showed up. He wasn't late. It, you know, I've been doing things to show that, you know, I'm ready to commit to learn them now. Like I say on the song, um, but the song itself was the first actual, hey, guys, I kind of messed up. This was what I was doing. This was what I was paying attention to. It was making your lives a little bit better than mine was, but I wasn't there, and that's my fault. And I can't get that time back. So let's try to start again now. Like it, 
learn you was the first time I actually said that stuff. And it's the first time that they heard it from my mouth to their ears, even though it wasn't in front of them. I played learn you on father's day. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, I had my, my oldest son lives in Atlanta with his mom. So I, I flew him up and I had my youngest son over and I had my family over and it was father's day and I had my mom over and we were all, uh, barbecuing and stuff. And, I was connected to the uh, Bluetooth, so I'm playing barbecue music, and then, I don't know, I just looked, I had a beer or two in me, and I was just looking around at, you know, my situation, now I'm like, I got both my kids here, I got my mom here, I got my fiance here, I got friends here, family, this is a great setting, wow, who would have, th- who would have, who would have thought, you know, the boy from Cooper Projects would be living a life like this, and I was like, I want to tell him. It's Father's Day. This is the day to tell him. So I just I scroll through the Bluetooth and I go to my Monday album and I hit uh, play on Learn You. And I just sat back. I had the shades on so nobody could see where I was looking, but I was looking directly at my kids. And um, I see them kind of go from like joking around to like head up in the air. Like, what's this? And then they vibing. And then my, my oldest son comes over and he sits next to me. He doesn't say anything. And he's still vibing. And then the song goes off and then he goes and he turns to me. He's like, why are you getting all mushy, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, come on, dad, knock it off, man. I know, I know what it was. You know, you here now. And then my youngest son comes over and he, he's like a softy. He just hugs me. He's like, dad, I was never mad at you. I was like, <laughs> I was like so I had, I had that moment. I was just like, woo, like music gave me a way to say it without saying it. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So. That song means a lot to me and my family, and um, I'm happy I was able to get that off of my chest because it's been something that's been on my spirit for a long time. A song like that is that when I mean, you talk about obviously the 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 ultimate cosign, right? Is your two kids, yeah. your two sons' reaction to it, right? Uh, but prior to that, was there someone that you're, you know, are you uh, sound, for this type of song? Is there a sounding board, or do you know like, or is it you that know this is the this is exactly what you want to say? This is the perfect way of saying it. On on learn you. I learn you. Uh, well, you know what? Shout to Big Crit who produced that record and also did the chorus. Um, it started with me reaching out to him and saying I want him on my on this project in some way. Right. Uh, and him being like, "Yo, I'm honored, OG," and I, yeah, let's talk about it. And me and him we were on the phone for like I would say a week or so, back and forth, just about life stuff, um, just about you know being parents, you know, being a parent or, you know, the sacrifice and the grind or just non-music stuff, just, you know, sports or whatever, just talking, just shooting the shit is what, what we call it. Just going back and forth as two humans and talking about how people don't do that as much now with uh, screens as another song. <laughs> but uh, you just, just, I guess he wanted to vibe with me and see where I was at. Mm. And um, I appreciated him caring that much to not, you know, just be like, all right, cool, I'm going to send you beats. It wasn't about that. It right. was just like, let me figure out what we're going to talk about first. And I think um, one of the last uh, conversations we had, we had, I had talked about the grind or whatever. And I was just like, you know what's tough? And I mentioned the sacrifice with my children. And and he was just like, that's it. That's it right there. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to let's get to it. The people need to know that. And then um, like a day or so later, it was in my email. And he was like, what do you think? And I just called him like, yo, this is fantastic. This is great. He was like, you think so? I said, yeah, man, this is great. Um, he was like, I might tweak up the chorus. I said, don't you touch that. <laughs> don't you touch that chorus, man. That's it. And, um, yeah, I recorded Learn You. And then um, I sent it to him, and he called me. And he was like, it's amazing. Like, that's an amazing song. It immediately evokes emotion. 
Um, and people are going to feel this. And that's all I wanted to do if I was going to be a part of your project mm-hmm. was make people feel. Yo, congratulations on a great record and good luck. You also, I mean, you, you do a few things in this, on this, on this album, but, uh, with anxiety and with Learn You mm-hmm. is that you break down that, that wall that fans have of your life, of the artist's life. You know, right. it's great, whatever, you're on the road, right. people yelling at you, right. good things on yelling at you, curses, but you know, good yeah, things. Yeah, they do stuff. They, but you know, that yeah. type of stuff. Um, are these, com- like, with, and with anxiety, but also with Learn You, are these conversations that artists have with each other, or is that not as open? Or talked about. I mean, like, you know, cause like years ago, you have Faramont's PTSD, right? Mm. Which is an album about, obviously, PTSD and, uh, in, in the community and not just military PTSD, but, right. so you have that open conversation happening, but are these conversations that are happening on the road with artists or is that kind of, um, it, it depends on who, you know, like it's so personal that, um, you want to be careful who you open up to um because it could be it could be tricky you know in the studio when i'm around certain friends we talk about stuff like this because as an artist as a producer as a musician as a person that's looked at and viewed by public it gets tough sometimes because you don't always want to be known Mm. if that makes sense um you know sometimes you're in you're in target and you just want to grab some stuff for your house and you just don't feel like being a figure in the public. You understand? So you can't unfamous. That's what people don't understand. Whether you're doing super well financially or musically or whatever, or, or you're, or you're struggling, your face stays the same. And we're human and we go through the same things that everybody else goes through. And sometimes we don't feel like it. We just don't feel like being who you view us as. Sometimes we're just, I'm regular old Joel Ortiz, the, you know, just the human. Um, and it weighs, it weighs on you. I talk to, uh, I talk to some friends in the studio because a lot of us go through that stuff. Right. Um, my anxiety is, uh, more so, I think, rooted in my childhood, uh, with some things that I don't think anybody should have saw <laughs> coming up in the, in the projects, you know, seeing death really, really young, you know, shootings and, stabbings and cuttings and uh, you know jail and police brutality and things of that nature things that you kind of think you just escape from and you washed away yeah they start re uh, re re-emerging as an adult inside your psyche and inside your subconscious and it's tough you know what i mean so i'll have days where i just wake up and i just don't feel like myself or i'm just i'm just wondering like why do i why am i so anxious why am i nervous what, what's going on or or it's all moving to a different place in my life like i just bought another house and now i'm engaged and you know i had that moment on father's day believe it it was although it was all beautiful it was a lot yeah so i instantaneously was like you can't lose this you got to make sure that you maintain this like this is this is what you work so hard like you know there's a a level of like worry that comes over me because i know what it is to be from the bottom and on anxiety i talk about like you know before meetings before before uh shows you know certain things that you know it'll just get to me and make me bubble up and i'll just have a little bit of a panic attack and I've learned how to manage them a lot better than I did back in the days. Like I just used to, yeah, well, <laughs> and no one, no one knew, but I have little methods and things that I can tell myself and, 
you know, cognitive behavioral things that, you know, just make me be like, all right, calm it down. This is what's going on. You'll be fine. You've been here before. But anxiety is a real thing. And mental health is at an all time high now because of these things. Yeah. Because of these telephones. We're in secret competition with everyone. We're scrolling on Instagram and seeing, oh, snap, this guy. Made, it's very funny. He made me laugh. Ha, <laughs> that was funny. Swipe. Wow, there's fires in Brazil that are burning yeah. for four months. For, I mean, for a month. Swipe. This guy died? What the hell? Swipe. Like, it's yeah. all types yeah. of things that you think you're just getting rid of because they're like 10 seconds, but you're downloading this yeah. inside, your, inside your conscience. And you get, like, news updates. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. So it's just like we're walking around, in my opinion, privy to more knowledge than we need to have. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I got my news from the news late at night when I was a kid. You can get news all day. We're overloading. Yeah. And anxiety is a, is a big thing. And I felt like if I talked about how I feel and, you know, and people heard that, that they would feel like they're not alone. Cause that's a big thing. When you, when people, with people who have anxiety, we feel like, Oh man, I'm the only person going crazy. This sucks. Nobody knows I'm going crazy. No one else can feel like this. I've been to doctors. I asked them what's going on. They're just like, just calm down. You might have anxiety, but we automatically associate that with, you're going nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause that's the only thing is cause the doctors are basically saying nothing's really wrong with you. It's all in your head. And what does all in your head mean? Oh, I'm going crazy. This freaking sucks. And you think you're all alone. So, you know, when I put anxiety on that, uh, on that album, I knew that I would talk to somebody else who feels like me. And the feedback from that song has been crazy because my whole, my DM has been flooded. My emails have been flooded with thank you. I needed that. Yo, uh, yo, it's so crazy. That song describes me to a T. And these are people that are working regular nine to fives yeah. and just walking outside feeling like, you know, trying to portray that everything is okay. But it's really not. We're in a tough time. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, for us as fans of yours, you know, you, you, uh, like I said, your openness is that, but we see, all right, Joel's writing this down. So this is his therapy, right? I mean, you know, right. and, like, and, and, and so when you, when you have a song like anxiety, you're like, well, so, you know, him not, him just writing wasn't enough to, you know, get, get these quote unquote demons away or get, right. get, um, so, so I was also wondering when writing, when did you know that what you had was, I guess, what, you know, anxiety, when did you know that writing, I guess writing wasn't enough? Um, I mean, just when regular life stuff was happening, like I talk about it in the, in the anxiety song, going to the gym, like gotta lose weight, just looking at old pictures, like, come on, man, you were in shape, get it right. Then you walk in the gym, you're like, who's looking at me? Who's, who's saying is that Joel Ortiz? Damn, he got heavy again. All that kind of stuff. Um, just, um, driving on long drives and you're just like, yo, man, what if, um, what if I get pulled over and the cop doesn't really yeah. like me? Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. weird stuff pops into your head and it's just excessive worry. Um, and I'm just like, all right, it's more than just writing it down. It's writing it down. It's spitting it. It's listening to the song myself, you know, every now and then whenever I'm feeling antsy um, and reminding myself like, yo, dude, like think about Saturday. Look how great you were on Saturday. You had a couple beers with your friends. <laughs> you were chilling. I know it's Tuesday and it's rainy. But there's brighter days. Right. Um, you can conquer this thing. Cool. Uh, I want to turn to the name of the album, uh, Monday. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, when I heard Monday, you hear that annoying quote. Looks like someone has the case of the Mondays, <laughs> uh, which is the, one of the most annoying things for us today. But your your Monday yeah. represents something totally different that's not the case of the Mondays. So if you could kind of break it down, what, what does the Monday mean to you? Monday is the restart, man. Monday is the day to the, your second chance again. We get, we get 50, what is 52 of them? 
We get 52 Mondays, man. 52 second chances, a new, a new day to hustle, a new day to get back after it, to get back to work, to get to the grind. Everybody, you know, dreads these days, but I don't come from that era. I come from like, yes, like a whole week's worth of me getting to it, finding another way to hustle, get to the bag. Um, this generation is very lazy, man. <laughs> they just want Saturday and they want Friday and Saturday to be so great, but they don't want to hustle for it on Monday. Like that, you don't understand your weekends are made up, are, are controlled by the way you attack those other days, you know? So I wanted to get back to, I just wanted to let people know I'm back to work. This is what it is. Like it, it's not, it's not a day you should dread. It's a day you should look forward to. And I want, I look forward to this album. I am excited about putting out some of the more personal stuff, you know, to the, to the people and letting them know that, yo, listen, I'm vulnerable. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a superhero. Like when you bump into me, it's not like, Oh my, you don't have to lose your mind. You don't, you can literally say, what's up. Let's take a pic. Mm -hmm. this, this is Joel. Um, and more, most importantly, if you, if you run into a ditch, like if you, if you fall into a little valley and you're looking up and you're just like, damn, that's a long way to go. It's one step at a time. You know what I'm saying? It's one day at a time. Start on Monday. And then Tuesday, you do your thing. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Skip the party in. Just chill for a second. Get back to it again again on Monday. You always have a chance to dig. I mean, to climb up out of those deep valleys, bro. Like, you're not alone out here. Yeah. Uh, and and it's a, you, 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 do, you, you share yourself in, you know, in terms of... You share yourself a lot outside of being a hip-hop artist. You share yourself yeah. you know, as a human being. Right. Uh, and, and I want to kind of step back a little bit and go to... Um, 125th part one okay. off of uh brick brick bodega chronicles and where you kind of and the, the track hip-hop okay and that's really you kind of telling your life as a hip-hop artist coming up and the struggle and the grind that you had to do and then in the track before monday before hip-hop off monday you tell us your life before hip-hop obviously right. um how did how does your your life before hip-hop how did that play a role in you as a hip hop artist. And then when was that moment when you're before hip hop that you were turned to yourself and like, you know, I could, I could do this. I could be a hip hop artist. I mean, the person I was before hip hop growing up in the projects, you know, surrounded by a lot of negativity, to be honest with you. Like I said earlier, um, gun violence, drug violence. I was a product of that. I'm not going to sit here and say, I didn't partake in some things that I'm not so proud of today. Right. Um, so what you got on the Brick Bodega Chronicles was a very raw, fresh off the block, Joel, because I still had one foot in and one foot out. Because mm. like I, we spoke about earlier, you needed a cosign to get in. Like right. you just, I couldn't just decide, you know what, I'll be a rapper. Like right. you still had to get that stamp of approval. You're signed here. Your album's coming out. Now you're a rapper. So I had one foot in the streets and one foot in the booth. Um, and that's the kind of music I made. It's also the reason I decided to go with Joel Ortiz as my name. Um, because I was like, all right, I'm about to say everything that I am. What better name than my, my own? Right. Like no one else can copy this. No one else can say, you know, this is not who he is. This is who he turns into. Like, no bro. Like I just left the block and now I'm going to the booth because you know, my manager at the time, Dennis, who is now, you know, like my one of my best friends and mentors, 
is like coming to get me at five o'clock and I have to be ready. Like I can't let him down. Like he's putting his own money into this stuff. And, and you know, I got, you know, it's, it's bigger than me now. There's other people involved that see my talent. I can't, I can't like half ass this. So I would go into the booth with, you know, half braid, braided hair and sometimes drugs in my pocket, you know, and lay down everything that I was living. Like it was no, there was nothing made up, you know, songs like caught up, you know, things like hip hop. Like I would, you know, hip hop was inspired by com- turning on the radio and hearing like, nah, saying that hip hop is dead. Yeah. And she's like, Oh <laughs> shit, what the hell's happening? <laughs> but just when I'm taking this shit serious, we're done. Like, you know you know what I'm saying? So you, you, you got the exact same kid that was on the block in the booth. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, there was no separation. And now, like you were saying, like before hip hop on this album, it's a way to look back and like, instead of like looking at it, like it was so horrible, like, you know, cause I, for, for a long time I looked at it like, damn, I like you are a horrible person, but like there's other ways to look at it. Like look at how you've grown from that. Right. You know, um, you know, you are a victim of circumstance and you have now become this like before hip hop. And that's why I chose a, such a boppy beat to where like you can, I can party to some of the negative shit. You know what I mean? Like, yo, it's all good. It's a part of your story. That's those are early chapters. It makes for a good read. You're okay. Like, and that's how that song happened. So, you know, the kid, the raw kid from the block into the booth, Brick Bodega Chronicles, you got like drug rap. You got like 125 part one, like, you know, like just mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most feared up and coming MC of them all? Like, but of course you crazy. This kid's been nothing short of us. Like, just like I had that, uh, like everybody's got to know me. Like I'm repping around my neighborhood. You know, I'm not only just a dude in the booth, I'm not a booth guard. Like people respect me. I put in work in the streets. Like, uh, and now, you know, before hip hop, it's just like looking back, like, huh, you know, you think you know me? You don't really know me back in my hood. I'm still a one and only like, Yo, this is Joel from then to now. Still the same guy, but looking at things differently. Mm. Uh, one of the, I think, my, I think there's a lot of favorite tracks, but one of my favorite, favorite tracks is your song Mama. Okay. Uh, which is like, is obviously your, your ode, your thank you, your, yeah. to your, to your mom. And there was uh, so much more to be said on yeah. that song, but it's a song. Right. You can't, right yeah. I can't make it 25 minutes. <laughs> thank like, you. We're going to go back to the seventies and make it 30 exactly. minutes. Remember that one time? Like I can't, no. <laughs> Age three. Yeah. 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 Um, what's the best piece of advice that your mom ever gave you, uh, that you kind of like, you know, you, you remember her saying you kind of like, think back to this day and you use it and maybe you've used it on your own kids. Uh. Um, my mom used to say, like whenever I used to get into stuff in the projects, my mom used to always say, say this one thing. She'd be like, you got two friends, two friends, me and Jesus. <laughs> That's it. And I used to, I was just like, Oh, my mom is crazy, man. But like, she's like, what she was trying to tell me was like, we're in a cutthroat environment. Mm-hmm. Friends turn on friends all the time and every bit of advice or everything I tell you, you could take it to the bank. Like it's rooted in love and nothing else but love. Like, and the same thing for the man upstairs. So I don't know if I tell that to my kids, but I understand that statement so much now when I'm telling my kids something like no one, like no one's going to give you better advice than I am. Right. I, I can take that to, you can count on that. And 
When she used to say it when I was real little, I used to just be like, oh, my God, she just came and got me from a party before <laughs> before everyone. Like, she's knocking at the door. She'd be like, didn't I tell you, not, you know, 930? It's 940. What's going on? I'm telling you, Mario, you only got two friends out here, <laughs> me and God. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, boy. But I totally get it now. Like, you know, my dad left when I was really early. I had a stepfather figure for a while, but then he, ste- he stepped off. So mom has been the constant. She's been mom and dad for a long time. And um, I know that with my sons, me being on the road and traveling so much, when they're, they're with their moms, like their moms probably feel the exact same way. So when I speak to them, I speak to them from me and from their mom, mm. being that I know what it is to be uh, to be at home with just a mom as a parent. Yeah. So like I try to be sensitive to know that that side of the, their world exists as well. But I'll tell them things and look them in their eyes and, you know, say it with my chest so that they know it's coming from here. And then I'll also spin and be like, but listen, your mom's right. You know, I make sure that I instill your, your mother's right. When she said da, 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 and they're just looking at me like, damn dad, like, yeah. you know, like I want that dad stuff. And you give me the dad and the mom stuff, but I think it's so important yeah. to, to give them both perspectives. Um, but in my mama's, in my mama's case, the, uh, listen, best friends, me and Jesus, it really sticks with me because to this day, like when I'm going through my anxiety stuff, I pray on it. I, um, I call my mother, you know, cause she had, she has anxiety as well. And we talk about some things and she's just like, you're good, you know, and she walks me through some stuff. So. It wasn't only my sons that I skipped out on. Like, I actually, you know, I skipped out on my mom as well, too. When you're on the grind, you're on the grind. You're away from everybody. Yeah. When you're chasing your passion down and trying to, like, pursue your craft on all levels, then everybody becomes secondary. Like, it's just, it just is what it is. That's the, that's the only way I thought it was to succeed. Like, I had to put my head down, be a rapper, be the, be the best artist you can be, write. And when you're not writing... You know, hit the studio. And when you're not in the studio, try to do a show. When you're not in the studio, hit, hit line up tours. Like, just keep going. And, you know, for a long time, I, I would just pop in on my mom. Hey, mom, how you doing? Here's a few dollars and go. Yeah. You know, hey, mom, how you doing? I know you, got, you ain't got no weed, do you? You want some weed? Here you go. <laughs> like, my mom is like an OG pothead. Here you go. Here goes, you're like, and I would think that that was the way to show love. But my mom missed me. Right. She missed me because I was her world for a long time and the only thing in her world. And so I decided to make this record and, you know, kind of talk to her and, you know, let her know that she's super appreciated. And all the things she used to tell me when she when I was young, they're hitting home hard. Uh, I, one of my favorite uh, and standout lyrics in this in this song is um, you spit. I remember I would wake you up with raps while you were sleeping. Loose leaf paper Paper in my hand. Half a word. You'd say keep keep reading. reading. And I thought the keep reading part was amazing because it shows that support yeah. that your mom had and it's also she, she she's 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 part of the i think the, the parent generation right because i think you and i are around the same age right um 21 right like yeah yeah i mean i'm saying my 21st birthday exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> where you're like we're, we're we're rap is this new kind of like you know like for example, like I grew up in Washington Heights, but the conversation I'm having with my parents is like, no, no, it's art. It's an art form. Right. It's an art form. It's not, you know, you like other stuff, but it is, it is right. an art form. And the fact that your mom's like, all right, you know, keep, 
keep reading. I want to hear you. you yeah. Say these lyrics. So two things. What lyrics were you saying to your mom oh at this God. time? <laughs> and, and how is that, like, that support she had? What, what, what was the, how, what was that factor for her in supporting you? So the lyrics I used to say were like out of this world street stuff that I was not doing. I was like 11, 12 years old when I used to do this stuff. So I'd be like, yo, I just stole the car and this, and this, and my Glock went pop. Like, and she, she'd be laughing or whatever. Like, cause I used to, ma, listen to this. Ma, listen to this. And she would never be like, no, not now. Or I'm doing something. She would always be like, let me hear it. Let me hear it. And um, I know why. There's two reasons that um, she would she would do that. One was because she actually thought I was good. Because I was always good with words. Like, I was smart in school. Like, really, like a nerd. I skipped grades before and all that kind of stuff. I had fantastic scores on my SATs. I could have went to a bunch of colleges. All types of things. So I was always, like, geeky. Um, so when I, when I would spit to her, like I would, you know, I have my personality in it cause I'm, you know, naturally like funny. All my friends say I should have been a comedian, whatever. Another story, another time. <laughs> but, uh, I would spit to her and like have like this comic, you know, this comedic, uh, delivery to her, but be saying some like real street stuff. So she was probably like, this is the cutest thing ever. This guy's talking about <laughs> hustling and stealing cars. He's like, this is nuts. But the second reason I know she used to pay attention was because it kept me in the house. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It was less worry for her. It's like, right, he's in his room for hours with instrumentals on. Right. He's just writing and writing. I know my baby's in the next room. Right. Like, you know, and my mom was my best friend for years. Like, I, I think about, like, not even just the loose leaf paper and keep reading. Like, she literally, I'll share this. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like she would be sitting in the bathroom. Like using the bat, like I was annoying. So she, I'd be knocking on the door. She'd be like, "I'm using the bathroom." Uh, can we open the door? I grab the toilet paper. She'd play. I used to act like the toilet paper was a football, and she'd ca- play catch with me. That's that's like that's, like like I don't know who, how much le- much of a higher level of best friend there is. Like she'd play catch with me from the toilet to the hallway, like with a Scott tissue, and she'd be like, "You oh uh, like you oh you dropped it like just automatically get into character." And, and I haven't had a friend like that still. That's amazing. You know what I mean? And that's uh crazy concentration. <laughs> Come on, uh, dude. Uh, like, like, you're you're in like, the bathroom and still catching Scott's issues. My kids are knocking on the door. I'm like, dad needs a moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, this is, this is my, this is time. it. This, this is, is all it. I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We only got a two bedroom apartment. Right? This is, that, needs, that needs sanity right now. Right. Uh, you end, you end with, um, you end the album with a uh, Grammy and it's yeah. kind of telling us, why you do this art you don't do it for the awards you do you know um how how if at all has your reason from when you first started to now changed over your career why you do this um has it ever been for i mean for a grammy i mean you know, was that you know was that at, when you're younger we're like ah, i'm gonna get a grammy whatever but now it's this realization you know what's that, so you know what's so crazy about the grammy song the grammy song is for my fans hmm. more than it's for me because they champion me f- so hard. Like, you can't tell a Joel Ortiz fan, like, yo, Joel Ortiz isn't the dopest thing to ever touch paper. Um, and they're tired of, they, they're literally tired of feeling like I'm an underrated MC. Right. Like, I get it so much on, on my social medias and emails and things like that. Like, dude, you, this song helped me with this in my life. Like this song did this and yo, dude, you're so much better than this, 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 and this. Like they, they compare me all the time and they feel like cheated. They feel, you know, like they honestly feel like, yo, he should have forget, not just Grammys, just 
been celebrated. Yeah. He should have been celebrated a lot more than he actually is. But I'll continue to celebrate him. And I have gotten that so much, so much that I just wanted to put out to the fans like, yo, awards are cool. But at the end of the day, I'm doing exactly what I love, the exact way I want to do it, and taking care of everybody that I care about. I won. And I'm winning. And it's because of y'all. Right. The, the people that y- y'all think we're such a minority, but like, nah, you're the everything in my life. You're the absolute reason why I get to keep making music and why I get to, you know, take care of my people and not have to sell out and make a certain sort of sound to try to make money and do shows. Like, no, you guys show up for me all the time. I don't need anything. You guys are the award. Nice. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I take care of, you know, my mom and my kids and my, my friends and family and them. I am not in any way, shape or form sitting here saying that I am super paid anyway, <laughs> either. Don't get that twisted. And a lunch, Grammy would always, <laughs> but I'm just saying that I'm able to do it my way and it's because of them. So I know you guys want me to stand on stages with a speech and, you know, I thank everybody and stuff like that, but it probably won't happen. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good chance. There's a good chance that won't happen. Um, but if it does, I'll be prepared. Hmm. And my bot, my catalog will be everything that I include in my speech. You know, the, from the Brick Bodega Chronicles all the way to Monday and things that are coming after this. Like, I'll be able to have such a story to tell in that 30 seconds that they give you on the <laughs> stage. <laughs> but I'll, you guys are the absolute reason that I never really were, was passionate or even cared about that stuff. Underrated to who? Like to who at the end of the day, like to the, to the, the board that sits around and decides who wins these awards. Like I'm pretty sure some of them might know who I am. And if they don't, that's fine. I don't talk to them. Right. I talk to you guys. I'm the barbershop freaking Grammy winner every year. <laughs> and I'm good with that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I walk into the barbershop as long as they sit, as long as I, when I walk in there, they're like, yo man, that champion, yo, that captain, I'm good. I feel like I've accepted another award every time. Um, I was your, your writing process or, you know, obviously your lyrics are incredible and I can't write a song for the life of me. So that's makes it, you know, <laughs> I've been trying to do it for 40 years. Not, really? Not, not working. <laughs> it's not working too well. Um, it's all good. I mean, 21 years, I'm, you know, 21 years old. What am I talking about? Right, exactly. Uh, exactly. But, um, what, 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 when you're writing, are, are there drafts to your projects? I mean, or, or is it something that you just kind of, you hear a beat or maybe you have an idea for a song and you just kind of make sure you get, get it done. You know what? Right away. From 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 the beginning of my career to now, the writing process itself has cha- has has not changed. I still write to the music that moves me, and whatever comes to mind is usually what I decide to to stay with. But back back in my earlier days, I would rewrite sometimes. I'd rewrite. I'd stay on topic, on concept, but I'd rewrite. And um, I think that was part of finding myself, you know, because when you're when you're when you're fresh in the game, you're not fully writing for yourself. You're writing for people too. You're writing right. for response and reaction. So I would listen back to songs and think what people would think, and that would be a lot of the stuff that went into the process of writing. Now, I pretty much converse over music like so i i don't like to i like to catch the moment of whatever however once my pen starts going 
That's what it's going to be because I'm okay with flaws too. Like I wasn't so okay with that. Like I'm like, like I would listen back, but I could have said that better. But now, now, now when I listen back, it's just always pure. It's always, it's always what it is. And, and I want everybody to get exactly what I felt when I started writing it. I don't want to really like, um, amend it and turn it into a song and less of a conversation. If that makes any sense. Yeah, um, so I don't, I don't, approach it like yo you know what flow would be crazy on this or you know what i'm going to talk about on this like i just and mute the music usually guides me you know what i'm saying like i listen to the music for a while loud then low then in headphones then in the car and then i'll feel i'll feel what it's telling me to tell it and then i'll start telling it and then that's usually what it is i don't really i don't have uh, any wasted bars anymore like i don't have any ah let's not let's scrap that like, cause if, if it, if it made me feel, then it's a keeper to me. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, same time, same time as a jail record. It came, it was inspired by a, a lot of my friends, you know, that went to jail and t- we always, they tell you, you would think I was in jail. <laughs> like the way I, like one of my dudes was just like, dude, how do you do that? I'm like, yo, it's the, you know, conversations you have with me and the conversations that he had with me and being around it so much. And like, cause the jail culture and the projects is like a big deal. It's like, yo, yeah, my, my boy doing a little bit. He'd be right back. You see the free with everybody. Sure. Yeah, they still yeah. doing it free, free. It's like big. It's a big deal. But I was like, yo, I want, I want to write from the perspective of somebody that's fresh in jail. Cause I've heard that story. Like, yo, when I got there, I was like this, this, this and that. And I also want to write from somebody that is a skid bitter. That's what we call them. Like every now and then they go to jail and then they come home they say they clean it up and then they're back in jail. Right. And I know that, you know, their stories and the, and the, uh, the rookie in jail is much different. So the music made me feel that though. Like, you know, conversations a couple of days before on the phone with one of my boys that's upstate now. And then that music. And I was just like, all right, cool. I'm gonna talk about this. And I wrote it and that's it. It is what it is. I want it to be a part of my story. It's going on the album, you know, and that's how music takes shape for me now. Okay. Uh, lastly, um, yep. What was the, uh, the first beat you heard? this album and what was the first track you wrote for this album let me think now i don't want to i'm pretty sure it was captain Mm. i'm pretty sure it was captain shout to the heat makers awesomeness i'm pretty sure it was captain but let me just go through the playlist in my head let me get past all the instagram posts and all the confusion in my head to find my (laughs) find my track list (laughs) it's in there somewhere Um, yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure it was captain um, which ended up being the tone setter yeah. for the album. So that, that worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, cause, um, it is because I'm like, what's going on? He's been missing. He used to run the show. It's been a long intermission. And I remember Austin is like, you just dropped an album. You ain't been missing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that it was captain. Um, yeah. So it had this like a uh, triumphant feel to it, yeah. you know? And I was just like, All right, if I'm approaching the album again, let me, let me, let me approach it from the, the warrior side and just kind of tell the fans that that might not be privy to the things I just did that I'm here and I've arrived again. Cause you know, what's so crazy, like with the internet and virtual world, you kind of forget like people 30, 35 plus, they might not be on there. Right. Yeah. I walk through the city sometimes and I just like, I see some dudes just like dog, dog. I need some music. I'm just like, you need music. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's still a crowd of older people, not necessarily old people, but just 
in their 30s that associates music with radio still. Yeah. So okay. if I'm not on the radio, they don't think I got anything going on, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. why I wrote like, you know, what's going on? You've been missing. He used to run a show because I bumped into a fan. I was just like, dog, man. <sighs> yo, that, yo, that, uh, that bro, Dago was everything to me, man. Where you at? I was just like, <laughs> Where am I at? Are you nuts? I'll I'm, I'm, be around sometimes. <laughs> so I just started naming some stuff. And he's like, what? And I know he had like a super like, not flip phone, but like a super. I'm like, he don't have none of this Take stuff. Like, he, 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 he's pre, pre-screens. Um, So, you know, I, I had to remember that. Yo, listen, man. Like, not only are you, you know, doing this for people that might not be so privy to the the amount of work you've done since you started but there's new fans every single time so here you are that's true i mean i have i have i have friends and not not necessarily about you but i i tell them about someone he goes oh yeah that guy has to drop a project i was like yeah he just did last he just, week. He just did that he just dropped it last week exactly. and actually when that when that when that lyric uh, for captain does come on i said like, wait didn't he drop a wait him and apollo brown is the yeah. project wait where have yeah I yeah it's I, great the speed the speed of music and 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 world the world in general is really really nuts right now, man. It's really nuts. All right, he's Joel Ortiz. Uh, new album is Monday, which is a fucking incredible album. Thank you, thank you. Uh, once again, thank you so much for being on the library. Tim, you know I love you. Every time every time I drop something, I'm coming to check you, Tim. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that bus know, find me that Western Union. I'd send your mother some dough. I try to find time whenever I was alone to try to get y'all on the phone. Just to see what's going on Y'all ain't little boys no more Look at how much you have grown My youngest one's taller than me My oldest, my skinnier clone Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.